0: Section 3 of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Nigel Carrington. The Aeneid by Virgil. Translated by J. W. McHale. The Story of the Sack of Troy. Part 1. All were hushed and sate with steadfast countenance thereon high from his cushioned seat lord aeneas thus began dreadful o queen is the woe thou bidst me recall how the grecians pitiably overthrew the wealth and lordship of troy and i myself saw these things in all their horror and i bore great part in them what myrmidon or delopian or soldier of stern ulysses could in such a tale restrain his tears And now night falls dewy from the steep of heaven, and the setting stars counsel to slumber. Yet if thy desire be such to know our calamities, and briefly to hear Troy's last agony, though my spirit shudders at the remembrance and recoils in pain, I will essay. Broken in war and beaten back by fate, and so many years now slid away, The Grecian captains build by Pallas' divine craft a horse of mountainous build, ribbed with sawn fur. They feign it vowed for their return, and this rumour goes about. Within the blind sides they stealthily imprison chosen men, picked out one by one, and fill the vast cavern of its womb full with armed soldiery there lies in sight an island well known in fame tenedos rich of store while the realm of priam endured now but a bay and roadstead treacherous to ships hither they launch forth and hide on the solitary shore we fancied they were gone and had run down the wind for mycenae so all the Teucrian land put her long grief away the gates are flung open men go rejoicingly to see the doric camp the deserted stations and abandoned shore here the delopian troops were tented here cruel achilles here their squadrons lay here the lines were wont to meet in battle some gaze astonished at the deadly gift of minerva the virgin and wonder at the horse's bulk and Thymetes begins to advise that it be drawn within our walls and set in the citadel, whether in guile or that the doom of Troy was even now setting thus. But Cappis, and they whose mind was of better counsel, bid us either hurl, sheer into the sea the guileful and sinister gift of Greece, or heap flames beneath to consume it, or pierce and explore the hollow hiding-place of its womb, the wavering crowd is torn apart in high dispute at that foremost of all and with the great throng about him laocoon runs hotly down from the high citadel and cries from far ah wretched citizens what height of madness is this believe you the foe is gone or think you any grecian gift is free of treachery is it thus we know ulysses either achaeans are hidden this cage of wood or the engine is fashioned against our walls to overlook the houses and descend upon the city some delusion lurks there trust not the horse o trojans be it what it may i fear the grecians even when they offer gifts thus speaking he hurled his mighty spear with great strength at the creature's side and the curved framework of the belly the spear stood quivering and the jarred cavern of the womb sounded hollow and uttered a groan. And had divine ordinance, had a soul not infatuate been with us, we had moved us to lay violent steel on the argolic hiding-place, and Troy would now stand, and you tall towers of Priam yet abide. Lo, Dardanian shepherds meanwhile dragged clamorously before the king a man with hands tied behind his back, who to compass this very thing to lay troy open to the achaeans had gone to meet their ignorant approach confident in spirit and doubly prepared to spin his snares or to meet assured death from all sides in eagerness to see the people of troy run steaming in and vie in jeers at their prisoner know now the treachery of the grecians and from a single crime learn all for as he stood amid our gaze confounded disarmed and cast his eyes around the phrygian columns alas he cried what land now what seas may receive me or what is the last doom that yet awaits my misery who have neither any place among the grecians and likewise the dardanians clamour in wrath for the forfeit of my blood at that lament our spirit was changed and all assault stayed we encourage him to speak and tell of what blood he is sprung, or what assurance he brings his captors. In all things assuredly, says he, O king, before all what may, I will confess to thee the truth, nor will I deny myself of our birth, nor if fortune hath made Sinon unhappy, shall her malice mould him to a cheat and a liar? hath a tale of the name of Palamedes, son of Belus, haply reached thine ears, and of his glorious rumour and renown, whom under false evidence the Pelagians, because he forbade the war, sent innocent to death by wicked wickedness. Now they bewail him when he hath left the light. In his company, being near of blood, my father, poor as he was, sent me hither to arms from mine earliest years, while he stood unshaken in royalty and potent in the councils of the kings we too wore a name and honour when by subtle ulysses malice no unknown tale do i tell he left the upper regions my shattered life crept on in darkness and grief inly indignant at the fate of my innocent friend nor in my madness was i silent and should any chance offer did i ever return a conqueror to my native argos i vowed myself his avenger and with my words i stirred his bitter hatred from this came the first taint of ill from this did ulysses ever threaten me with fresh charges from this flung dark sayings among the crowd and sought confederate arms nay nor did he rest till by calchas service But yet why do I vainly unroll the unavailing tale, or why hold you in delay, if all Achaeans are ranked together in your mind, and it is enough that I bear the name? Take the vengeance deferred. This the Ithacan would desire, and the sons of Atreus buy at a great ransom. Then, indeed, we press on to ask and inquire the cause, witless of wickedness so great and Pelagian craft. Trembling, the false-hearted one pursues his speech. Often would the Grecians have taken to flight, leaving Troy behind and disbanded in weariness of the long war, and would God they had! As often the fierce sea-tempest barred their way, and the gale frightened them from going. Most of all, when this horse already stood framed with beams of maple, storm-clouds roared over all the sky. In perplexity we sent Eurypylus to inquire of Phoebus' oracle, and he brings back from the sanctuary these words of terror. With blood of a slain maiden, O Grecians, you appease the winds when first you came to the Ilian coasts. With blood must you seek your return, and an Argive life be the accepted sacrifice. When that utterance reached the ears of the crowd, their hearts stood still and a cold shudder ran through their inmost sense. For whom is doom proposed? Who is claimed of Apollo? At this the Ithacan with loud clamour drags Calchas, the soothsayer, forth amidst them, and demands of him, What is this the gods signify? And now many and one foretold me the villain's craft and cruelty, and silently saw what was to come. "'Twice five days he is speechless in his tent "'and will not have any one denounced by his lips "'or given up to death. "'Scarcely at last, at the loud urgence of the Ithacan, "'he breaks into speech as was planned "'and appoints me for the altar. "'All consented, and each one's particular fear was turned ah me to my single destruction. "'And now the dreadful day was at hand.' the rites were being ordered for me the salted corn and the chaplets to wreathe my temples i broke away i confess it from death i burst my bonds and lurked all night darkling in the sedge of the marshy pool till they might set their sails if haply they should set them nor have i any hope more of seeing my old home nor my sweet children and the father whom i desire Of them will they even haply claim vengeance for my flight and wash away this crime in their wretched death. By the heavenly powers I beseech thee, the deities to whom truth is known, by all the faith yet unsullied that is anywhere left among mortals, pity woes so great, pity an undeserving sufferer. At these his tears we grant him life, and accord our pity priam himself at once commands his shackles and straight bonds to be undone and thus speaks with kindly words whoso thou art now and henceforth dismiss and forget the greeks thou shalt be ours and unfold the truth to this my question wherefore have they reared this vast size of horse who is their counsellor or what their aim what propitiation or what engine of war is this he ended the other stored with the treacherous craft of pelagia lifts to heaven his freed hands you everlasting fires he cries and you inviolable sanctity be my witness you o altars and accursed swords i fled and chaplets of the gods i wore as victim "'Unblamed may I break the oath of Greek allegiance, "'unblamed, hate them, and bring all to light that they conceal. "'Nor am I bound by any laws of country. "'Do thou only keep by thy promise, O Troy, "'and preserve faith with thy preserver, "'as my news shall be true, as my recompense great.'" All the hope of Greece and the confidence in which the war began ever centred in palace aid. But since the wicked son of Tadeus and Ulysses, forger of crime, made bold to tear the fated Palladium from her sanctuary, and cut down the centuries on the towered height, since they grasped the holy image and dared with bloody hands to touch the maiden chaplets of the goddess, since then the hope of Greece ebbed and slid away backwards, their strength was broken, and the mind of the goddess estranged, whereof the Tritonian gave token by no uncertain signs scarcely was the image set in the camp flame shot sparkling from its lifted eyes and salt sweat started over its body thrice wonderful to tell it leapt from the ground with shield and spear quivering immediately caucas prophesied that the seas must be explored in flight nor may Troy towers be overthrown by Argive weapons, except they repeat their auspices at Argos and bring back that divine presence they have borne away with them in the curved ships overseas. And now they have run down the wind for their native Mycenae to gather arms and gods to attend them. They will remeasure ocean and be on you unawares. So Calchas expounds the omens. This image, at his warning, they reared in recompense for the palladium and the injured deity, to expiate the horror of sacrilege. Yet Calchas bade them raise it to this vast size with oaken crossbeams and build it up to heaven, that it may not find entry at the gates, nor be drawn within the city, nor protect your people beneath the consecration of old for if hands of yours should violate minerva's offering then utter destruction the god's turn rather on himself his augury should be upon priam's empire and the phrygian people but if under your hands it climbed into your city asia should advance in mighty war to the walls of pelops and a like fate awaited our children's children so by sinon's wiles and craft and perjury the thing gained belief and we were ensnared by treachery and forced tears we whom neither the son of Tadeus, nor achilles of larissa whom not ten years nor a thousand ships brought down here another sight greater alas and far more terrible meets us and alarms our thoughtless senses allotted priest of neptune was slaying a great bull at the accustomed altars and lo from tenedos over the placid depths i shudder as i recall two snakes in enormous coils press down the sea and advance together to the shore their breasts rise through the surge and their blood-red crests overtop the waves the rest trails through the main behind and wreathes back in voluminous curves the brine gurgles and foams and now they gained the fields while their bloodshot eyes blazed with fire and their tongues lapped and flickered in their hissing mouths we scatter pallid at the sight they in unfaltering train make towards laocoon and first the serpents twine in their double embrace his two little children and bite deep in their wretched limbs Then him likewise, as he comes up to help with arms in his hand, they seize and fasten in their enormous coils and now twice clasping his waist twice encircling his neck with their scaly bodies they tower head and neck above him he at once strains his hands to tear their knots apart his fillets spattered with foul black venom at once raises to heaven awful cries as when bellowing a bull shakes the wavering axe from his neck and runs wounded from the altar but the two snakes glide away to the high sanctuary and seek the fierce tritonian citadel and take shelter under the goddess's feet beneath the circle of her shield then indeed a strange terror thrills in all our amazed breasts and laocoon men say hath fulfilled his crime's desert in piercing the consecrated wood and hurling his guilty spear into its body All cry out that the image must be drawn to its home and supplication made to her deity. We sunder the walls and lay open the inner city. All set to the work. They fix rolling wheels under its feet and tie hempen bands on its neck. The fated engine climbs our walls big with arms. Around it, boys and unwedded girls chant hymns and joyfully lay their hand on the rope. It moves up and glides menacing into the middle of the town. O oh, native land, O oh, Ilium, house of gods, and Dardanian city renowned in war. Four times in the very gateway did it come to a stand, and four times armour rang in its womb. Yet we urge it on mindless and infatuate and plant the ill ominous thing in our hallowed citadel even then cassandra opens her lips to the coming doom lips at a god's bidding never believed by the trojans we the wretched people to whom that day was our last hang the shrines of the gods with festal boughs throughout the city meanwhile the heavens wheel on And night rises from the sea, wrapping in her vast shadow earth and sky and the wiles of the Myrmidons. About the town the Teucrians are stretched in silence. Slumber laps their tired limbs. And now the Argive squadron was sailing in order from Tenedos, and in the favouring stillness of the quiet moon sought the shores it knew when the royal galley ran out of flame and protected by the god's malign decrees sinon stealthily lets loose the imprisoned grecians from their barriers of pine the horse opens and restores them to the air and joyfully issuing from the hollow wood thysander and sthenalus the captains and terrible ulysses slide down the dangling rope with acamas and thoas And Neoptolemus, son of Peleus, and Machaon first of all, and Menelaus, and Epeus himself, the artificer of the treachery. They sweep down the city, buried in drunken sleep. The watchmen are cut down, and at the open gates they welcome all their comrades and unite their confederate bands. It was the time when by the gift of God rest comes stealing first and sweetest on unhappy men in slumber. Lo! before mine eyes hector seemed to stand by deep in grief and shedding abundant tears torn by the chariot as once of old and black with gory dust his swollen feet pierced with the thongs ah me in what guise was he how changed from the hector who returns from putting on achilles spoils or launching the fires of phrygia on the grecian ships with ragged beard and tresses clotted with blood, and all the many wounds upon him that he received around his ancestral walls. Myself, too, weeping, I seemed to accost him ere he spoke and utter forth mournful accents O oh, light of Dardania, O oh surest hope of the Trojans, what long delay is this hath held thee? From what borders comest thou, Hector, our desire? with what weary eyes we see thee after many deaths of thy kin after diverse woes of people and city what indignity hath marred thy serene visage or why discern i these wounds he replies nought nor regards my idle questioning but heavily drawing a hard, deep groan ah oh, fly goddess born he says and rescue thyself from these flames the foe holds our walls from her high ridges troy is toppling down thy country and priam ask no more if troy towers might be defended by strength of hand this hand too had been their defence troy commends to thee her holy things and household gods take them to accompany thy fate seek for them a city which after all the seas have known thy wanderings, thou shalt at last establish in might. So speaks he, and carries forth in his hands from their inner shrine the chaplets and strength of Vesta and the everlasting fire. Meanwhile the city is stirred with mingled agony, and more and more, though my father Anchises' house lay deep withdrawn and screened by trees, the noises grow clearer, and the clash of armour swells. I shake myself from sleep, and mount over the sloping roof, and stand there with ears attent, even as when flame catches a cornfield, while south winds are furious, or the racing torrent of a mountain stream sweeps the fields, sweeps the smiling crops and labours of the oxen, and hurls the forest with it headlong, the shepherd, in witless amaze, hears the roar from the cliff-top. Then, indeed, proof is clear, and the treachery of the Grecians opens out already the house of deiphobus hath crashed down in wide ruin amid the overpowering flames already our neighbour ucalagon is ablaze the broad sygean bay is lit with the fire cries of men and blare of trumpets rise up madly i seize my arms nor is there so much purpose in arms but my spirit is on fire to gather a band for fighting and charge for the citadel with my comrades fury and wrath drive me headlong and i think how noble is death in arms And lo! Panthus, eluding the Archean weapons, Panthus, son of Othrys, priest of Phoebus in the citadel, comes hurrying with the sacred vessels and conquered gods, and his little grandchild in his hand, and runs distractedly towards my gates. How stands the state, O Panthus? What stronghold are we to occupy? Scarcely had I said so, when groaning he thus returns. The crowning day is come the irreversible time of the Dardanian land. No more are we a Trojan people. Ilium and the great glory of the Teucrians is no more. Angry Jupiter hath cast all into the scale of Argos. The Grecians are lords of the burning town. The horse, standing high amid the city, pours forth armed men, and Sinon scatters fire, insolent in victory. Some are at the wide-flung gates, All the thousands that ever came from populous Mycenae. Others have beset the narrow streets with lowered weapons. Edge and glittering point of steel stand drawn, ready for the slaughter. Scarcely at the entry do the guards of the gates essay battle, and hold out in the blind fight. Heaven's will thus declared by the son of Othrys drives me amid flames and arms, where the baleful fury calls and tumult of shouting rises up. Ripius and epitus most mighty in arms join company with me hypanus and Dimas meet us in the moonlight and attach themselves to our side and young caribus son of migdon in those days it was he had come to troy fired with mad passion for cassandra and bore a son's aid to priam and the phrygians hapless that he listened not to his raving bride's counsels seeing them close-ranked and daring for battle, I therewith began thus. Men, hearts of supreme and useless bravery, if your desire be fixed to follow one who dares the utmost, you see what is the fortune of our state. All the gods by whom this empire was upheld have gone forth, abandoning shrine and altar. Your aid comes to a burning city. Let us die and rush on their encircling weapons, the conquered have one safety to hope for none so their spirit is heightened to fury then like wolves ravening in a black fog whom mad malice of hunger hath driven blindly forth and their cubs left behind await with throats unslaked. through the weapons of the enemy we march to certain death and hold our way straight into the town night sheltering shadow flutters dark around us Who may unfold in speech that night's horror and death agony, or measure its woes in weeping? The ancient city falls with her long years of sovereignty. Corpses lie stretched stiff all about the streets and houses and awful courts of the gods. Nor do Teucrians alone pay forfeit of their blood. Once and again valour returns, even in conquered hearts, and the victorious Grecians fall. Everywhere is cruel agony, everywhere terror, and the sight of death at every turn. End of section three read by Nigel Carrington.